1: Creator relationship management systems for individuals and teams looking to scale relationships that help them achieve their dreams. We're based in Santa Monica. First off, LA was the tech hub starting with Howard Hughes. I mean, essentially, Howard Hughes building his originally his airplanes and then uh, his satellites and his missiles and helicopters really fostered an LA tech scene that then he, uh, people from Hughes left to start Litton and TRW and other tech companies. And I actually started at Hughes in my first job. Oh, wow. Um, but back in the day, uh, it was more than uh, that. There's a lot of software companies down here. So a company called Ashton Tate was down here. They were d Back in the day, uh, Clipper was out here. So there was a lot of different uh, LA tech companies that were down here. But I'll tell you why I like being out of Silicon Valley. If you've got a massive amount of tech companies fighting for talent, Mm
0: -hmm. then
1: you're going to pay through the nose for rental space. You're going to pay through, you're going to basically overpay for people I've always loved the access to amazing talent that you have here in Southern California. I mean, you've got great schools like UCLA and USC and Lola Marymount, not to mention all the great state schools that are out here. Mm -hmm. And so the access to talent is tremendous. LA is a great place to start a company and run a company.
0: And other than than talent, how has being in LA specifically helped Accelerate Nimble become this tech company with longevity?
1: Well, if you think about it, a lot of new movements start in Southern California. I mean, right? You just think about it. We this is really a hop in place for new ideas, and I think it's you're more accepted for for marching to a different drummer in L.A. than maybe you are in the Bay Area. And so I think that just the acceptance and and the wide open opportunities that uh, that SoCal presents. Plus, I'm a native. I was born here. I was like. You know, my stomping grounds was uh, Hancock Park, Largemont Avenue, Griffith Park, and and uh, you know I've lived in different parts of LA. I've lived in the Valley, and i uh, now I live in the, the coast uh, in Santa Monica, and I've even lived out in Thousand Oaks, uh, way out there. Oh my gosh, and you've so been everywhere. <laughs> SoCal SoCal is a great uh, a great area, and there are a lot of different uh, mini cities uh, within the area. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's where I where I'm from. And what i know and uh and the easiest thing to do is to build something where you're from because you have you have access to support and resources mm-hmm. and such and in, our, in today's digital world it really doesn't matter where you're at i mean our team is global i mean half our team is overseas so it doesn't really matter where you're at but uh i mean i'm looking outside right now i'm in shorts and uh <laughs> and it's uh it's a little foggy but it's uh you know it's really nice
2: this is Rachel McCrary, the CEO and co-founder of Gather Labs. Gather Labs is a same-day concierge diagnostic company based in Beverly Hills. It makes people happy, and we're not selling tests; we're selling connection. And uh, people I love always that. <laughs> I love connection. That's cool. People typically call me. I don't even know where they get my number or one of my partners, and just start going on and on about the problem and. You know, we're, we just, like, slow down. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, what do you need? And we just sort of explain it. And they always say, wow, like, I called other labs. and Like, I couldn't talk to anyone knowledgeable on the phone or no one would help me. Or I couldn't, you know, talk to a person or get information specific to my thing. So it makes, it makes them happy. And then once they do it once, they feel more comfortable with like having more like in-person things like a dinner or a wedding or something like that. So we sort of teach people how to, how to gather safely and that makes them happy. And um, yeah, I I love, I really love it. It's so different than my other entrepreneurial endeavors. If you would have told me I'd be doing this, like I never would have thought, you know, um it was unlike my other entrepreneurial things it was not an idea um that i had. It was nice. just something that happened organically that we arrived at out of out of necessity, which is, you know, very different but but i love it just as much.
0: And how many people are on your team? Uh, about 10. And like what are the plans for the future? Like right now have you i assume i shouldn't make an assumption. Have you raised already or how are you supporting it happening because growing a startup is so complicated and difficult.
2: Yeah, Gata Labs has been interesting in that way. I have either raised for the companies that I've founded or and so has my co-founder or um, been an advisor to or assisted companies that I teach in an accelerator for in their capital raises and also just helped friends. And then I help women for free because the more women that become financially literate about that, it helps the entire ecosystem. Um, So I've probably helped about 40 companies raise. And Gather Labs has been different because it's not a traditional tech company. So the investors in my network, um, it's, it's hard to understand. And I totally understand that. It's hard for me to explain sometimes, you know? we have raised uh, a little bit. We've probably raised about 400,000. We opened up around for a million and raised about 400,000 and then uh, achieved uh, a lot of our, it through revenue, which we hadn't planned on doing. We planned to pause and then open our own facility and then keep, but everyone wanted testing. So we, we did uh, while we were working remotely with the end, we did uh, achieve a lot of the the round in revenue, and then sort of came back to it to add additional equipment and things of that nature. Um, and then late, so lately we've been raising a little more, but it's been a little more digestible recently right. because for a long time we got the whole, you know, what isn't COVID over? Like in the summer we got the isn't COVID yeah. over thing. And we were working with biotech companies, WHO, FDA, everyone all over the world. So we knew they would be around for the rest of our lifetimes. We might not be in a pandemic that whole time, but it will be necessary to test. So we would say that and show, you know, have evidence to support that. And also, we don't just do COVID testing. It's a big right. misconception. Yeah. Um, but people get fixated on that. You know, lately that's been a little easier because people are like, okay, you know, and also we do a lot of liability testing, which is different. We don't really do I Think I'm Sick. We do like uh, proof for your negative status to work, travel, or gather. Mm. So that's a little different. So like larger companies, it's, you know, become standard to test your employees that are in the office together for uh, liability purposes and peace of mind. It's always scary in the beginning. And then when they start doing it, and then they sue get positives that people didn't know are positives and keep them out of the office, they become more comfortable with it and see, you know, why it's important.
3: Hi, this is Sabina Suri, co-founder and chief strategy officer at BoxBox. We are an e-commerce gifting company based in Brentwood. I would say year one was all hands on deck, you know, no real dividing of responsibilities. Like everyone, AKA the three of us were doing everything at all times. And so it was just, you know, get the ball rolling. Like everybody, you know, lots of all nighters, lots of like just long hours, nights and weekends. Everything was about kind of like, how can we launch this? And we always joke, we're like, we're all like type A, like kind of like, nerdy students, like kind of thing. Like back then we were like, we were those kids that would like, you know, go in high school, like be at the library at all hours and wake up early to study for something. So we knew we were all wired a certain way, which made year one stressful, but also made it feel like we were all in that kind of mindset and that mode. Year seven is wildly different. I mean, we have very clear divisions of like roles and responsibilities based on like what, you know, each of us is our roles are defined as we are, I would say there's certain decisions that we've said, okay, these are always going to be co-founder like trio decisions. And we've been able to kind of like maintain that kind of unilateral like partnership structure in those ways. But I think overall we've been able to also say like, okay, here's Sabina's real strengths and weaknesses, or here's, you know, her strengths. We're going to allow her to lead that team in this way. And and Jenny and Chelsea as well. Um, So it feels very different. I would say, and, and, you know, we have, a team. So like, we're not just relying on ourselves to do everything we can delegate, which is huge. And that's been a lesson. I think for us, what really catapulted our success was we did it in our own way. And we were actually really deliberate and like, kind of building something slowly. So we've actually, we're completely bootstrapped. So we've never taken outside funding. And I think part of that is, we've just always said like, we're gonna do this as authentically as we can. And Mm -hmm. so like, even from the beginning, it was like, we've made decisions, like we've never outsourced our fulfillment. So we actually own all of our own fulfillment. And so we have our own warehouse. We're actually moving into another warehouse. Like we want to control like the fulfillment because we see that our product and service as one and they're linked. You know, we have done things that don't scale. I should say, like I always tell people, like we we've handwritten our notes from the beginning on every single order. We, you know, build a box. Box is very complicated in terms of like inventory and all the different permutations of of what you can send. But we have been like that's really important to our business, and we're going to figure out how to scale customization. So, just things that kind of i think other businesses would say like that's not going to enable us to like grow at the speed that we want we've been like that's okay because we know that we're building something kind of for the long haul and something that mm. we feel really like connected to and want to build deliberately and i think customers like our loyalty is amazing and like our retention is amazing right. because customers see that and they they know that like we're a brand that they can trust and isn't just kind of like a flash in the pan
0: join thousands of people in la tech on our we are la tech facebook group where you can discover events job opportunities and even housing go to we slash community we'll take you straight there that's we are slash community The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created getpodcastlisteners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out getpodcastlisteners.com. That's getpodcastlisteners.com.